morning, black family. Sadat here. I guess I could say I did get some sleep. But, um, I just, shit, what the hell? Okay, screen turned off to something. I didn't know what the hell that was. I want you to listen to something that, uh, Papa Doc just uploaded to his channel. Now, Juanita and I have been saying they've been doing this for years, and now they're just in your face just telling you that they're doing it. Check this out. Listen to this. Man, man, support Papa Doc, man. Who would have guessed this, man? See the sneaky shit that they do? Check this out. Well, the bells and whistles that come with new cars are not just there to improve your driving experience. They're also watching, listening, and gathering personal data. Technology and cars collect information through cameras, microphones, and sensors. Yikes. Okay, researchers at Mozilla studied 25 car brands from Nissan to Mercedes to Ford and found every one of them collects drivers' personal data. Most admit they may be selling the information to third parties or sharing it with the government. And it's not just about our driving habits. We saw sex life mentioned as data collected in privacy policies. We saw genetic information. We saw medical health information. Data is money these days. And cars have the ability to collect so much of it, more probably than any device that we have, even maybe more than our phone. Mozilla found that drivers have little or no control over the data collection, and researchers are urging regulators to take action. Wow. I hope they do. Yeah. Wow, do you have it? You saw it for yourself, and I've been saying this shit for years. They are collecting your personal data. And as she said, same as I said, data is more expensive than oil. You might ask yourself, why? Why are these people collecting my personal data? You know what? You want to know why? Because he who has the data can get in front of your decision making. This is why they sell data. Look at it this way also. You go to the bank, run your credit, put up your hard earned money just to go purchase a car just to be spied on. So they're making money off you buying the car and they're making money off your personal information. And you heard what she said? From, from medical records, um, sexual preferences, all type of shit. And you must understand, if you went to digital marketing, anybody that's in digital marketing understand what I'm about to say. Facebook has a thing called targeting. What is targeting? Back in the day, they put commercials on TV. That's why they called it broadcasting, because it went across everybody. It wasn't a way to just pinpoint one person. Now they can do it. That's why they call it targeting. You can speak about something and it start popping up on your phone. They can target the right person with the right commercial ads based off what that person is doing and not doing. So if you like a commercial that talks about beer, you might start getting beer commercials, okay? This is why they want the data. It's, it's simple. This is this is how Amazon make millions and trillions and billions of dollars for them because they know what you're gonna buy. Everything you do on Amazon, they collect the data. Now, as you see, they collect your data in the cars by what? Microphone, <laughs> cameras, sensors. You just heard it yourself. <coughs> All the fucking companies are doing it without your consent. And she also said that there's little to nothing you could do about it. Come on, people. 
another thing too, by them collecting all of this data, they able to write and create programs for artificial intelligence based on our actions. So basically what I'm saying is at some point in life, we are all contributing to our own demise and don't even know it because what they're doing to us it ain't gonna scratch the surface to what they're gonna do to our kids. Mm -hmm. You got to look 10, 20 years, even further than that up the line. This is important, what, what I'm telling you. Another thing about Facebook, they got this thing called Pixel. Anybody who do digital marketing, they understand exactly what I'm talking about. What is Pixel? Pixel is where you can put a code or a pixel on a, on a website. And when a person comes to that website, it records everything they do on this website. If they go to the cart and don't check out, if they go through this page, that page, whatever they do on this website, it records it. Based on what they did on their website, that's what type of uh, marketing campaign they're sending. And this is where you get left some in the um, cart because they recorded you going to the cart, putting shit in the cart and didn't buy. So you get a different uh, 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 marketing come to your coming to your email. Or what if you went on this site and you just browsed around? Then they're gonna hit you with a 10, 15% off this and that. So what I'm trying to tell y'all is this. They are collecting our data, which furthermore gives them more control over us. And they're doing it in a way where you don't, most people don't even know this shit exists. You know what I mean? That's why I say all these smart houses. When you want to get a smart house, they they record you, bro. Everything you can see, they can see. Oh, I got the ring cam. They got it too. So this is ways that they can trick us into helping them without even knowing. Fucked up part about it is we got even we got to go buy it. Mm -hmm. We have to subscribe to the service. We have to do all this shit just so that they can spy on us. Besides this shit. Oh my God, it's crazy. But when you don't know, you don't know, nigga. What I want you to take from this video is that our privacy is being violated. There's no such thing as privacy. That shit been gone, it's out the window. It's even worse in China, way worse in China. And it's coming over here with the social ID. Go look that up. That's going to blow your mind. But I want you to take from this, this video is that we're being spied on. We're, we're, we're being violated. And be careful of these new gadgets that they come out with. Be careful of talking to Alexa. Be careful of all the, 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 the smart this and the smart that that you put in your homes. Because that shit can be hacked. A person can hack your front door where they can open your front door. They can hack and turn your gas on. All this shit has been done. Turn your AC up, lock all your doors, turn that bitch up where y'all in that bitch burner can't even get out of the house. All this has been done before. Oh, we gonna get out the house, shit. Okay. But like I say, thank God for good old regular ass America. Okay. And all the companies are doing it. Hey man, who am I? Like I said, this is what popped up. I love y'all, man. I'm just here to spread my, 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 this real gospel. You feel me? And let y'all see what the fuck going on, man. But anyway, man, I love y'all. Like I tell y'all the time, in order for you to be found, you must first be lost. All right? Y'all be blessed.
Juanita and I have been saying they've been doing that with this technology for years. And now they just put out on the TV that everybody's car spying on them. Collecting their personal information all the way down to what's your sexual preference. Now, in the state that I stay in, if you're caught recording somebody without their consent, that's illegal. So why isn't it illegal for these car companies to do shit like that? Hmm? Because it's bigger than the car companies. This is the government greenlighting what the car companies can put into their cars. I just saw something on Twitter. I, I ain't gonna call that motherfucker X now. Shit. Uh, it, it was started at Twitter and goddamn it's gonna die as Twitter. I'm not gonna call it X. But I saw some shit from uh, Big Up's brother Vovo Rants that he shared uh, I think this is yesterday. The president of China and Biden are meeting in San Francisco. So, y'all know how San Francisco is jam-packed with traffic, right? Alright, we got this, uh, I don't know what street on San Francisco this was, but it didn't have nobody on the street except Chinese nationals lining each side of the street. Got biggest, biggest day. Red Chinese flags as the president of China wrote motorcades rolling through the streets of San Francisco. And what Volvo said, it hit home. Where do they allow your enemy to come to your country and fly their flags like that? I can't think of anywhere else except for this motherfucker right here. Like Papa Duck said, oh, and that was Papa Duck. That brother, he uh, he be dropping some gems a lot. And uh, I was unsubscribed from this channel. I was wondering what was going on. How come I haven't seen Papa Duck on about a week or so and... I go to the channel and it says I wasn't even a subscriber anymore. That tells me the powers that be do not like what this brother is putting out there. So they do underhanded shit. Say you're not a follower of his or theirs anymore. Now, this has only happened to Papa Duck and Lisa Cabrera. I sent her a memo last week because, see, I'm, a, I'm not just a subscriber. I'm a member, too, you know, to get the content earlier than people that, you know, not a member. And um, this happened like two weeks ago prior to Papa Duck. 
And I was wondering how come I'm not getting my early early reports from Sister Lisa Cabrera. I call her auntie because she reminds me of a really good, knowledgeable auntie. I love her to death. And I know she doesn't know me from Adam. It's a scary thing out there, y'all. It's even scarier when you're alone. You don't have anybody to really, you know, vent to. So, I got another piece here. This one is coming from Sister Lisa Cabrera. It's about that uh that coon Coondance Owens. It says Candace Owens, Ben Shapiro feud. It's about ten minutes and forty nine seconds. Let's see what the fuck they talking about. Wednesday evening, imploring her, by all means, quit. 
if she feels her work at the Daily Wire comes between her and God, as she seemed to imply. The feud escalated from there when Owens quickly shot back and told Shapiro, you have been acting unprofessional and emotionally unhinged for weeks now. Shapiro, back and forth with Owens, is the latest round of an ongoing spat between the two popular hard right hosts. You know, and on Tuesday, the clip of Shapiro calling Owens disgraceful for her comments on Israel Hamas went viral in conservative circles. So the clip, Shapiro responds to a question about Owens and says, I think that her uh, fake sophistication on these particular issues has been ridiculous. He went on to say, and he called her commentary on Israel, which was riddled with errors. Okay. Hours later, Owens posted a cryptic message on Twitter, writing, Bless are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For there is the kingdom of heaven. Mm -mm -mm. So Owens called herself, also quoting Matthew, chapter 5, verse 9. Mm -mm -mm. So, no one can serve two masters, either you will hate the one <coughs> and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other, she concluded. You cannot serve both God and money. Isn't that what Candace has been doing that throughout her whole career, right? So anyway, Shapiro replied to the tweet, Candace, if you feel that taking money from the Daily Wire somehow comes between you and God, by all means, quit. So he's pretty much letting you know, Candace, he's ready to ditch you. He, oh, he said, get lost. Mm -mm -mm. You see how fast? One minute they're smiling and doing their podcast together, and the next minute they're feuding. Hmm. So, so she, that's when she replied back and said he was acting unprofessional and emotionally unhinged for weeks. And we have all had to sit back and allow it and have all tried to exercise exceeding understanding for your raw emotion. But you cross a certain line when you come for scripture and read yourself into it, she added, concluding, I will not tolerate it. Well, Candace, I think your days at the Daily Wire may be very numbered, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, I, I think your days are probably very numbered. 
All right, so here's the tweet, y'all. You know, Candace is really getting exactly what she deserves in this instant. She really is. So Owens and Shapiro have been exchanging barbs over Israel and anti-Semitism. In the past, Shapiro slammed her for retreating a far-left anti-Israel blogger, Max Blumenthal and publicly admonished her for defending Kanye West after his anti-Semitic screeds. Owens has a long history of controversial and outlandish rhetoric, including saying Adolf Hitler nationalism uh, inside Germany was fine and that parents who take their kids to drag queen story hour should have them taken away. Oh, well, she said, and she, I mean, she said so many disparaging things about the black community, I've lost track. But, you know, and this is just being herself. This is how she's always been, you know? But Candace, in a way, is just trying to make money. Even in this fight, she's trying to make her little cash and she don't care. But I would say your time at the Daily Wire is probably over now, Candace. You know, I'm sure there'll be other opportunities popping up for you, but it looks like this Daily Wire thing may not work out for you anymore. And I'm not disappointed at all. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not disappointed. But the very people that you favor, Candace, are going to be the very ones that push you completely out. And see, remember, you already fell out with Donald Trump. If Donald Trump wins the presidency, you ain't getting back up at that White House after you insulted him and then you called him old because... He didn't say what you wanted him to say about the <coughs> And you fell out with Donald Trump. So he wins. You see, the first time he was in office, oh, you were all up at the White House. Even had your little husband with you. You were all up there, all around Donald Trump. That ain't going to happen this time around. One thing about Donald Trump, Donald Trump is a very unforgiving person. <laughs> Once he fall out with you, you know, ask uh, Amarosa. Right? Once you're on the outs with him, you, you ain't going to get back in that White House again. Mm -mm, he won't have you there. But y'all, tell me what you think. I'm not sorry. You know, look, Candace want to run around with this type of crowd, then... Whatever happens, happens. That's on her. I don't feel bad for her. I don't feel bad for her even a little. Please leave your comment and subscribe. Don't forget to hit on the notification bell. And I'll see you on the next video. Peace, family. I'm with Lisa. She deserves everything she's getting.
see if I can find something else. See, this is what happens when I fall asleep. Much needed sleep that I did need. I miss great content. His brother Phil talking about the migrants in Chicago. He says migrants are leaving Chicago after residents doesn't support them. No work permits and it's getting cold. Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about the Chicago migrant crisis because things are really developing. These stories are coming so quick, but I tried to get to the ones that I think that would really be interesting, y'all. So you know that, you know, Chicago's experiencing a migrant crisis um, of epic proportions. A lot of the residents are upset about this because their tax dollars is going to people who didn't work, you know, for those tax dollars. Uh, they didn't uh, pay into the system themselves. They didn't vote for any of the politicians, but yet they're taking advantage, you know, of uh, all the tax dollars our citizens aren't getting anything. And people of all communities are upset about this in unison. And the Democrats in Chicago really trying to stick to the guns on this issue, but is falling by the wayside. Brandon Johnson is just trying to toe the line because he knows if he speaks against this situation, he may end up like uh, Mayor Eric Adams, who's having a problem now. All of a sudden, after he spoke out against, you know, the migrants in New York City, he said he was going to destroy the city as they know it. And he was speaking against, you know, Biden. And all of a sudden, now he has a problem. Um, so Mayor Johnson is just really um, in a interesting situation. But let's get into, you know, the media we'll be talking about tonight. So we know Chicago is a place that the winters are harsh. They truly have four seasons out of the year, unlike in Houston, that we don't have four seasons. And now because the winters are getting harsh and some of the migrants are living on the streets, and I got to see that myself when I went to Chicago uh, a month or so ago. So now since the weather's coming, now the migrants are starting to think twice. So let's get into this. Is in Chicago, they say it's become unpleasant that migrants are fleeing back to Venezuela after being dumped in shelters and refused better paying jobs. Since August of last year, 20,700 migrants have arrived in Chicago from Texas and say the Lone Star State's Governor Greg Abbott sent migrants to Chicago and other Democrat-run cities because of their proud status in sanctuary cities. They said they offer enhanced protection against detention or deportation for undocumented migrants. Now Illinois' harsh winters, lack of migrant infrastructure and ambulant support from locals has made many people who undertook the harsh U.S.-Mexico border journey actually turn around and go back home. Now, let's, let's focus on that last part. Basically, people not supporting them. So what we're seeing is a key component to open borders is support by the citizens of the United States. So what we're seeing in Chicago, now Chicago is actually a great case study. So if all the citizens in unison no matter what community you come from, say, hey, we as a city don't want this. Do you see how things start turning around? See, these politicians are going to need you to vote for them when the election season comes up. This is why I tell anyone who listens to me, be registered to vote. Always be registered to vote. I tell anyone who listens to me to have a driver's license. 
I tell anyone who listens to me to have a passport. Have all of them. If you want to go further with the passport situation, get your global entry card. When you get the TSA pre-check and your global entry together for five years, get you a clear membership. That way you can bypass all the lines and they take you directly. It's a VIP service, literally. They take you right up front to the TSA pre-check, right? So have all of that. It, it is handy. Even if you are flying domestically, that clear membership is awesome. But when people are in unison together, you see what starts to happen. Now the migrants are saying, nah, it, 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 I think we need to go on back to Venezuela and go ahead on and, and fight in our homeland. Now, Venezuela-born Michael Castellan, 39 years old, and his family have been sleeping on the floors of police stations and shelters after he could not afford to pay rent in Chicago because the work permit was taking so long to arrive. I said the family was renting an apartment through a city voucher program that gives up to $15,000 for up to six months of rental assistance. But once it ran out, they had to give up their living space. Now listen to that. The city of Chicago, Chicago residents who could be listening, some of you do. Brandon Johnson and them gave this man and his family $15,000 for rental assistance for up to six months. And when it ran out, he basically had to leave. Now, many of you in the city of Chicago who actually pay taxes, that's a slap in the face to the taxpayer. The people in Chicago, all people should be telling Brandon Johnson, hey man, where's my $15,000 check? I need that. Because if you gave it to them, we need that. We've been paying taxes in the city ever since we've been born. And you're giving our tax dollars to them. No, that's not right. That's not right at all. That's not fair. And nobody voted for you to do that. Because, you know, people say you get what you vote for, but nobody that voted for Brandon Johnson in their mind would think Brandon Johnson and them would have a program where they're giving $15,000 to migrants. Nobody, I, nobody voted for that. We got to be real with that conversation and say you get what you vote for. Because if they would have told them, hey, guys, uh, if you get me in office, I'm going to give $15,000 to migrants so they can stay six months. You still want to vote for me? Most people say, hell no. So, no, you don't fully get what you vote for when it comes to this situation. Yes, I know what you mean by you get your vote for with the uh, policy of open borders. I get that. But that situation, nobody could have fathomed that. But now you know, voters, now you know. If they support open borders, then you know what comes now you know what comes along with it. They say the dad found a job in construction and he was getting paid in cash. Said, but it wasn't enough to sustain his family since they arrived in June. Because after five months of rough living, there was no end in sight. The family decided to pack up their belongings and return to South America, realizing there's nothing here for us. Castle John said the failed journey to settle in the U.S. had not been worth it. Despite the extreme poverty and authoritarian regime they were living under in Venezuela. And I say after months of begging for money and crossing borders, the dreams that he had heard of from other migrants had failed to materialize for him, he revealed. Now, Michael Castellan, 39, has said to the media, the American dream doesn't exist anymore. There's nothing here for us. We didn't know things would be this hard. I thought the process was faster, he said, about the job permit situation in Chicago. So what he just said about the American dream, and he couldn't get it, and it, basically the American dream is dead. Um, it's been dead for the citizens. And now you may say, Phil, what do you mean by the American dream is dead? 
The American dream used to be you can have one income, right? You have your wife. You buy that home. Buy a home, not an apartment. You buy a house for you and your wife. You have children. Your wife gets to stay home and take care of your children. You go out to work. You provide uh, now to pay all the bills as a man. All the bills of the house you paid for. You provide both cars for you and your wife. You put clothes on your back for your family. You feed everybody, feed the dog, and anything else that you need. When your children get of age, you can send them to college on one income, not two, one. Look fast forward to 2023. People can't even get a one bedroom apartment anymore. Grown children can't even move out of the, the parents' house. At one point, listen, when I was uh, uh, 17, 18, 19, and when you would be in your house, especially as a man, you'd be looked at as a scrub. You couldn't get no girl to date you if you wanted to. You told them, they asked, where, where you stay? I live with my mom. Your mama? Oh, no, uh-uh. You stay at the house your parents. They're not dating you. They, they would look down on you. So that would even incentivize a lot of guys to so go ahead and get them a spot. But I remember, you can do that. Apartments, I remember it growing up. Apartments used to be four, five, six hundred dollars $600. If you had bad credit, you just had to pay a deposit. Now, a deposit may be, you know, okay, application fee, $25. And say the apartment, $400. If you have bad credit, your de deposit got to be the same $400. If you had good credit, you pay no deposit. If you catch on a move-in special and you got good credit, just pay your application fee, first month rent, and you moved in. You could afford that. Now what they're doing is that you take a, a 21, 22, 23-year-old, have them say to that child, at least in my eyes, that kid, because I got children that age, $1,700 a month, oh, on top, on top of the $1,700, you got to make three times the rent. To me, that right there was the ruining of people actually renting a, a, a apartments. Three times the rent? What 22 or 23-year-old make? Listen, some grown people don't make three times the rent in America. Then let's go about buying a home. Barack Obama because I remember when he did it, Barack Obama ruined how to get home. Mm -hmm. After the banks is the one that caused the, the crash in 2008, instead of him going after the banks, he made it harder on the people. Prior to the crash, I had got a home and all I paid was $500 down. The home was already built to sit on the market they paid the closing costs. I even get my $500 back. Black people get a lot of homes before that crash. As the rules of Obama put in, you had to have three and a half percent down. Your credit score had to be, you know, what, at least what, 620, 630 or whatever. It's not even about the credit score. Some people just don't, they don't have that three and a half percent down. Some people, we're talking about the FHA loan, get, you know, fixed rate loan. So that started making it harder for people because they may not have the ability to save up three and a half percent. Now, some people can, some people can, right? 
So it starts making it much more stringent with, with, with the banks even getting these loans, make it much harder than what it was prior to 2008. So between the apartments three times the rent, the rules and them Obama them put in after 2008, the American dream is, is just about dead. Now, if you, you can still get your American dream, but you got to make the money, or you got to have two incomes. When the American dream used to be the man works, he, he provides everything, and got a house, you can take vacation, do everything off of that one man's income. So yes, the American dream been dead for the U.S. citizen. Why do you think he was gonna waltz in here and get it? Now the guy continued to say, how many more months of living in the streets will it take? Like I told y'all earlier, I seen migrants on the streets when I went to Chicago. He said, no, no more. He said, it's better that I leave. He said, at least I have my mother back home. He continues to say, we just wanna be home. If we're going to be sleeping in the streets here, he said, we'd rather be sleeping in the streets over there. The Castle John's stepdaughter, Andrea Carolina Savila, is they could not find the school to be enrolled in. They say when they arrived in the U.S., despite one of the reasons they left their native home was to give her a better education. He is not the only migrant in Chicago who is realizing that the reality of asylum seeking is not what they had imagined. Say Chicago's cold weather is creeping up, and many migrants still sleeping on the streets are forced to lay on wet, cold mattresses. Let me tell you something. I don't wish that on nobody. A wet and cold mattress. Let me tell you one of my most miserable days. Well, it was two of them. But one of my most miserable nights, I'm going to say, at work. I was still a tankerman at the time. I was tankering barges. And I was tankering a barge at ExxonMobil Baytown. To, you know, Texas, that plant. And I was uh, doing an oil barge. And... It was rain. It started raining all night, and it was it dropped down to about twenty six degrees. So even though you're trying to stay, you know, dry as possible, it's just no way. You end up just getting wet anyway. So my clothes was wet. You know, when you get so wet that that your socks is wet. Now I'm in twenty six degree temperature, right? And I'm trying to stay warm. And that was the most miserable thing I ever experienced on the job my whole freaking life. Well, at least one of the most experienced things. So you're out there on a wet mattress. And these people got children, okay? These children out here, they, they bring these little small kids with them on a wet, cold mattress in Chicago winter. But yet in their homeland, it don't get cold like that. So they, 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 they really put themselves in a pickle coming up here. So I, I mean, I, I feel for them. I really, I genuinely feel for them for being in there. I would wish that on nobody. Now I say the city is also notorious and safe for violent crime and migrants forced to sleep in public, more vulnerable to attack than most. They say at least 40 people in the last month have left Chicago's first district station to either move back home or elsewhere in the States with the help of Catholic Charities of Chicago. Now, I got a question. Catholic Charities of Chicago, you're helping them move to other elsewhere in the states. They're here, you know, they don't have a work permit, they don't have anything. Wouldn't that be a form of human smuggling or, or illegal alien smuggling? You're moving them elsewhere in the states. I'm not saying feeding them, giving them blankets, or even letting them be in the church so they can stay warm. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you're moving them to other places. Hmm, that's interesting. 
Now I say, according to, let's say the reports, it said migrants, and say, eat standing up and have to rub their hands together to keep warm because of lack of facilities. And say, Brian Lozano, head of the volunteer group of the police station response team, said the word of the situation in Chicago is beginning to spread. And say, Lozano said the city's resources have been exhausted and the resettlement program now cannot take the strain of the number of migrants flooding in. It's another migrant, Jose Nall, 22 years old, was forced to sleep at a police station in Chicago for two weeks before deciding to travel back to Texas. And he moved to the Windy City to see the hype for himself, but soon realized it was not better. Now, Diana Vera, uh, who moved to Chicago with her three children and daughter-in-law, three whole children, wow, and a daughter-in-law, and they have also decided to quit the city and say for good opportunities elsewhere. They say they've been living on the floor of the police station for about a month. And I said, it was boarding a bus to Detroit. Oh, Detroit, they coming your way. Brothers and sisters in Detroit, the water you ahead of time. Vera said, they said, we heard that there are a lot of jobs over there, even if you don't have a permit. So Detroit, the migrant crisis is coming to you. They said, this comes, they say, at a front time, they say, for Chicago and its residents. They say, furious protests and storms the Chicago City Council meeting last week during a debate about whether the city should remain a sanctuary city for migrants. Then the meeting was called after Ninth Ward Alderman Anthony Bill, who oversees the district in the predominantly black South Side, proposed an advisory referendum that would ask voters during the March primary of Chicago should keep its sanctuary city status. Now, progressives in Chicago are outraged that a move to end Chicago's status as a sanctuary city is even being considered on the ballot. Well, you progressives, you are anti democracy. Let me tell you why. In a democracy, and you claim that we need to save democracy, right? Don't you say that? That we don't need Trump because we need to vote Democrats because we need to save democracy? Well, that's not saving democracy. Democracy means everybody has a voice. If anyone is trying to prevent somebody from voting and having a voice in their own city, you're anti-democratic, period. Why don't you want the citizens to have a voice? If the citizens go and vote and say no on Sanctuary City, that's what they want. If they vote yes, that's what they want. Let the citizens have a voice. Anyone who don't want that on the ballot, you're anti-American. Let's call it what it is. You so-called progressives in Chicago. Now let's continue. They say, but many of the city's residents, including large numbers, and say of those who are themselves it's say ethnic minorities, whatever that means, which means non-white, are keen to end the Windy City's sanctuary city status. Yes, and, and, and I've seen the video itself, and I said I want to do a video on that one. The immigrants who've been here, who don't have no papers, don't have nothing, are mad about the new ones coming here. And they're mad because they say they're getting to jump the line. They're getting all the help. Well, they didn't get nothing. They said they had to work for everything they got, right? So it's just an interesting dynamic. So many residents expressed frustration about the millions of dollars the city was spending on migrant shelters instead of Chicago's most impoverished communities. As in September, there were about 20 active migrant shelters in the city. Some were located on historically underserved south and west sides, in other words, in the black areas. It said more than 20,000 migrants have touched down in Chicago since last year. It said while most hail from Venezuela, they say they come from all over the world, including, they say, the African continent, uh, the European 
uh, continent and also the Middle East. They said the city has allocated $4 million to help migrants find temporary housing. The state has contributed another $38 million. Now, since August 2022, Chicago has opened its doors to tens of thousands of migrants sent by Abbott and non-government organizations in states such as Colorado and New York. They said the majority are seeking asylum due to U.S. foreign policy. It's created unstable economic and political conditions, compromising their safety and forcing them to travel thousands of miles to safety. They say it also adds U.S. cities have not traditionally had the infrastructure to resettle high number of immigrants and refugees, that this is a federal responsibility. Well, most of our cities aren't built that way to, to take on people like that. It's not. The fact is, you need to stay in your homeland and you need to fight. <coughs> or if you want to leave, go to a, a country that's neighboring your homeland. If your homeland gets you know, good again, you go return back to your homeland. I understand U.S. foreign policy and, and what's happening with Venezuela. Trust me, I understand. But a lot of them don't want to be in Latin America because they couldn't get free stuff. You understand? So they heard, well, look, you can get free stuff. And the, the first person that we was talking about, him and his family did get free stuff for six months. That's why they keep coming. Oh, I can get free stuff. And some of them are getting it. Some of them. But it is offensive to the taxpayer because they're paying it. They're not getting anything in their neighborhood. You're taking away uh, uh, people's field house. You're taking away, you want to put, uh, was it Brighton Park? That's what, what the Asians and Latinos was, was mad at about putting a camp of, of them over there. They were pissed and mad about that. Even in New York, Staten Island was pissed. They were trying to block the buses from coming over there. Because Eric Adams say, hey, this migrant crisis is coming to the neighborhoods near you. He told you that. But, it all, but, but trust me, I'm going to keep repeating this. I know someone personally who work on a border. I asked them, how is it, is it was better under Trump or Biden? He said, Trump, he said, because Trump kept in Mexico. He said, we did not have the problems that we have now. He said, the moment Trump got in office, Biden got in office, he said, whoop, floodgates open. And they just start coming in, overwhelming our border patrol personnel. Think about it. All these people are coming across. We're not really dealing with them like they like the border patrol agents are. They're being overwhelmed. And they got to deal with the cartel members trafficking these people in. So many people are trafficking drugs in for the cartels. It's all kinds of things that our border patrol uh, is dealing with. And nobody talk, really talks about what the border patrol is dealing with. Some of them get hurt. Some of them have lost their lives out there trying to protect the border, which in my opinion, if I, I had to be president, I will put the military on the border and say, ain't nobody coming in here. So we are we are suspending our asylum laws. No 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 asylum. You, you go somewhere else. You want you want to go somewhere? You can go to Canada. Okay, you, you can't come here. We we need to figure some things out here in the United States of America. We got to figure that out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, it was interesting because Trump told a story about when all the people kept coming from he said El Salvador. And he said that, well, how much money did we give El Salvador? I think he said 73 million. And he said, okay, well, if they don't stop bringing their people up here uh, to our country, then we're going to just stop paying them. And he said he cut it off. And he said the next day, the president called and said, hey, what's going on? You, you cut off the aid. He said, yeah, because you won't take your people back when we, we deport them. 
is all of a sudden they said they started taking them back. So, okay, if that works, then that's what they need to do. So, okay, y'all won't take your people back or you send them up here, we're not going to pay you anything. So it could be me because I'd be cutting off all the foreign aid. I said, um, no, no foreign aid until the citizens of the United States get right. I said, we got to work on a new deal, right? A lot like uh, uh, FDR. FDR. We got we, we got we got to do that in modern times, because <laughs> the American citizens, you know, they need help, and, and we can't help you know the American people by giving all this money to all these foreign countries. I mean, shoot, if anything, these foreign countries owe America. They owe America so much because America keep them papered up. If you go to foreignassistance.gov, you can see how much money is being given. And like I said, you know, I've done that before, but we can do a whole podcast just on foreignassistance.gov. And you can see exactly where all your tax dollars is going. It don't matter if it's Democrat or Republican there. It don't matter. They all do it. But why the American people don't say, hey, enough is enough. Well, you imagine all the millions of dollars that could be put right in our country, in your local community, and fixing the issues here. You know what I'm saying? But let me know what y'all think, you know, ladies and gentlemen, about, you know, the migrants saying they're going to go back home. You know, see, a place like Chicago with brutal weather, you know, Detroit got brutal weather. Yeah, that's a deterrent. But places like here in Texas, we don't really have brutal weather like that. It comes in waves at times, but not like Chicago. It can be constant. So that's going to kind of save them from the migrant crisis, at least during the winter months. But after the winter months, you know, hey, they may start coming back again. But they're going to keep an eye on the story.